Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode 54. What I don't want you to know about me. Ooh. Don't you want to know? What I don't want you to know about me. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, you wrote this one. Sometimes, like, I think concepts come to you over time, and you build them in your head. This one... Y'all, literally, he just, within, I don't know how many minutes, but you just cranked it. You turned on a music that's, like, inspiring, and you're like, like, I've heard you type it. Yeah, it just kind of poured out of me. It did, so I'm excited but, to hear. Yeah. I was going to say, the, my, I think the best ones are the ones that <laughs> you carry around for yeah. a long time, so <laughs> True. don't have high expectations, but it's a heck of a title, what I don't want you to know about me. Yeah, I'm excited. I have not heard this one, so I'm ready. Catch me up. What's What's been going on? Oh, well, you know what's been going on, or but catch everybody everyone else, else doesn't know what's going on. Um, nothing huge. Uh, you and I have started, as of today, um, the keto, like eating, I hate to call it a diet. It's just You know, I eating. have never, ever, I told you this, I've never done a diet in my yeah, life. Yeah, I, I don't like the concepts of diet because to me that in, insinuates that it's like a... Not, not a lifestyle. Not a lifestyle. And I'm not saying we're going to do keto forever either. Like I'm, no. that's not necessarily a lifestyle yet for us. But I don't like the concept of a diet just because it feels like something you do in the short term for a short term gain because then you're going to go back to how you were. Right. Anyway, I not think there'll be some it. aspects of it we keep forever. Sure, yeah, yeah. Not but against not all it. of it. But we're learning. And I uh, more than anything, I'm just having to learn the science of it. It's not like anything I've ever done before where, you know, in the past you can like cut a certain food or you just eat less or you eat, you know, less calories and you're thinking about mm-hmm. like the types of food. Now it's like you, you're counting how many carbs you eat by the grams. Oh, yeah. And I've never had to look at like a macronutrient like that. So I'm like, it's scientific and it makes me stress out. Cause I'm like, if I eat this, is it going to throw us off for the whole day? Okay. Where I'm stuck is finding things that we, that are good, like, because most of the things you and I kind of have, like, we have a go-to, like, eight meals that we do that mm-hmm. we're pretty good it's at, true. and I think pretty much they all have to be altered. So, if you've done keto or something close to keto and you have, like, a favorite recipe, email it to us. Yeah. For those of you that don't know what keto is, first of all, keto, you just essentially, it's a low to no carb yeah. diet. Um, what did you say? Email us? Yeah, where are they emails? Uh, info at theplaceforgood.com works great. Um, and Or just DM us on social media because I need all the help I can get. And I know like this is day one, so we're just learning. I'm not hating on keto. I know there's tons of options. Uh, That's going to be great. My mom eats keto, so she's like a great resource. But How long are we doing you, it for? Have we decided? I don't know. I just need we'll to be ready for a, the summer. I'm going to say 30 days. Which is, I guess, the whole like definition of a diet, me saying I need to do it for bathing suits even. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I like trying new things. Yeah, we'll see. What about you? Uh, I had a great weekend. Uh, I went down to Birmingham to visit my son, who's a yeah, sophomore in college. Yep. We had lunch together, uh, which was awesome. And then this weekend with the boy, oh, we did something. This was great. We went to this place. It's called Game Terminal. Mm-hmm. You know this. Uh, and it's full of arcade games, y'all. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, 300 arcade games. Like, the old, like, Pac-Man. Um, Frogger. Frogger. I played Frogger. I haven't played Frogger Mario in 20 Kart. years. Oh. Yes. It was so... And it was fun introducing the boys, because obviously... None of those games really exist anymore. At least not. To, they're just not what they're playing. Yeah. They play Fortnite and whatever. whatever. But yeah. uh, it was fun to introduce them to games I grew up playing. Yeah. 
It's a really cool concept because like you go in there and you can play most of those games for free. They yeah. serve food and there's a whole outdoor area where there's like outdoor games. I don't know. I just love the idea that you and I love like experiences mm-hmm. slash you love games more than the average person. So like going somewhere that you can like have fun with your kids or just each other and also be able to play like old school games. It's like the perfect first date place. If you live in Nashville slash there's tons of them everywhere. Yeah. Look them up. They're super yeah, cute. Fun. We got to meet some people, listen to the podcast there. Oh, yeah. That was fun. So yeah, all in all, it was a great weekend. Good stuff. All right. So what I don't want you to know about me. Oh my gosh. Know. Okay. Can I set this up? Yep. So, uh, I was actually doing some research on writing and because uh, I'm kind of toying about maybe writing something in the future, I don't know what it's going to be. You know, I'm working on a kid's book, and then I kind of want to write another book. So anyway, but I, I stumbled on this article about writing, and this lady said, this is what she said. I, I didn't write her name down, but I just jotted this quote down because I thought it was really good. She said, if you want to write a good book, write about the things you don't want others to know about you. I was like, dang, that. Actually, it's, I, I, I get that. If you want to write a good book, write about the things that you don't want others to know about you. And I think her point was that vulnerability is really important when you're writing a book. No matter what the topic might be, approaching it from vulnerability is key. Because, I'm just hearing this for the first time, but if you're writing from that posture, it's relatable. Otherwise, yeah. it's not, in yep. my opinion. Not that, you know, whatever. But yeah, if you're writing from a state of, like, this is the real me, this is, like, my honest whatever take on XYZ, then people actually want to read it because yeah. it's interesting. Yep. And and as, as you know, that uh, I, I love life coaching. One of the things that I've learned through life coaching is that there's nothing as impactful as reflecting on a powerful question. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took that quote and I kind of twisted it a little bit into this idea of a question. The question is, and I've been using this in some of my life coaching, is what what is one thing that you don't want people to know about you? You're asking your clients that? Yeah, in the right context, right? It's not like with every single person. (laughs) I'm like... Divulge it now. Yeah. You know, but but I think it's a powerful question to reflect on. Even if you don't answer this out loud, I think for everybody right now to just pause if you're listening to this and say, well, what is the thing that you really don't want other people to know about you? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of got me going. Because this, this is essentially what this is, is it's an introduction or an exercise into vulnerability. And so I did some work kind of doing some research around vulnerability. And the very just definition of vulnerability is the emotion that we experience during times of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And Brene Brown is probably the one who famously has done just a tremendous amount of work around the idea of vulnerability and shame. Mm -hmm. And in her research... She discovered that across all cultures, most people were raised to believe that being vulnerable equates with being weak. And she says this kind of sets up this unresolved tension because for most of us, we were raised to be brave. So if you were raised to be brave and yet you associate vulnerability with being weak, you can understand why most of us avoid vulnerability, Mm -hmm. right? It's not something that comes natural to us. And so, uh, I go back to this question. What's the one thing that, that I don't want you to know about me? And, and here's why I think this is, 
this is powerful and this is an important question. And I'm going to answer that question for you in just a second as it pertains to my life. And then I'm going to give you just a couple points and then exercise that I think will help all of you embrace the exercise of vulnerability and, and, and understand why it's so important in the context of our relationships. But I, I feel like I spent the first half of my life pushing away any sense of vulnerability. The vulnerability, like most people, I viewed it as a weakness. And there was no way that I really wanted people to see me as weak. And I hid my tears. Um, I stuffed down my feelings. And it's funny, some, some people, if you've maybe been around me for a long time or followed me in some of my different contexts and things I've done when I was, you know, a senior pastor and such, some people would say, actually, I thought you were very vulnerable. I thought you were very emotional. What's interesting was it's, it was always, and still to this day, it's much easier for me to get emotional in front of a large crowd of people than it is getting emotional one-on-one with somebody or in a small group setting. Do you think that's because, you know, in front of a large group of people, they can't, like, dive into that Exactly. Emotion? Okay. Yeah, it's safe. It felt safer for me. And so I could allow myself to feel my emotions in that setting. It wasn't fake at all. I just was able to feel and tap into that emotion in that setting because it felt safe to me, mm-hmm. ironically, in mm-hmm. front of thousands versus sitting down one-on-one with somebody. So in my most intimate settings... I hid my tears. I stuffed down my feelings. And in my first marriage, you know, I did this, and it was detrimental on my marriage for sure, this inability to really open up and be vulnerable. And I could go into all the reasons that I didn't or I felt like I couldn't, but that doesn't really matter. The reality was I wasn't vulnerable, and I think that did do damage. It does to all relationships. Mm -hmm. That lack of being able to be vulnerable in a relationship is going to reduce the level of intimacy that you can experience. And I'll explain that in just a second, why why that is. But, um, you know, I've spent over the past five years, hundreds and hundreds of hours just doing work on myself. And I'm still very much a work in progress, but I feel like I've made a lot of progress when it comes to this concept of vulnerability. And I don't try to hide anymore what's going on in my heart and in my mind. And when I catch myself stuffing down my feelings, or maybe more precisely when you (laughs) catch me stuffing down my feelings, I'm pretty quick, I think, to own up to what I feel like is going on. Would you? Is that pretty true? For sure. And you come to that conclusion on your your own sometimes now too. Like you'll experience something and then you you almost physically move back. Mm. Have you noticed? Do you know you do that? No. Physically, you move back your body, and it's like you close your eyes and reframe and then move forward. But yes, thank you. Yeah. So beginning with those words, what I don't want you to know about me, it it kind of allows me to get out of my own way and share truths before I'm actually ready. And I'm just cut to the chase. And again, I'll give you the exercise here in just a minute, but I... That's my goal, is that you can use this phrase, what I, the one thing I don't want you to know about me, as a prompt to share truths in a safe setting. I'll talk about that in a second, too. In a safe setting, share some things that maybe in the past you haven't been willing to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll go first, and hopefully that'll be kind of a gift to some of you uh, to go First, that now just this is just based on this has happened yesterday. To be completely honest, between you and I, and uh, 
you know, I was having, I don't know how to describe it. I was I having a tough day. Going. Well, I was having a tough day. Remember, and I came to you and I said, I, I, oh, I'm yeah. battling some stuff. I'm, I'm struggling. And I told you that uh, I take my morning shower and I was crying in the shower. And I, I mean, I was really emotional. And um, I used this prompt in that moment to have a deeper level conversation with you. And what I didn't want you to know about me in that moment, I wouldn't want to know any, I didn't want anybody to know this about me in that moment, was that there are times I still struggle with a whole lot of guilt around not being with my kids every day. That, I mean, it is the hardest thing I feel like I've ever done in my life is to not be present with my kids on a day-to-day basis. And so it was Monday morning. You know, we had them since Thursday. And they were going, we had an awesome weekend. Really good weekend. Uh, but the idea of sending them off to school and then knowing I don't see them again until Thursday, that's, and that's, that is the reality, right? I mean, that is my situation. Uh, but um, I still, I struggle with a lot of guilt around not being able to be with them every day. Mm-hmm. And that plays out in different ways. Right, when you say like that guilt changes how you see yourself as a dad, it changes maybe even how you would act in moments around them because you don't, you're, you, first of all, you're an incredible dad. Um, I can say that because I see you every day, but I think those close to you and see you live your life with your kids, you're an absolutely incredible dad. You're present. You make time for them. You make moments with them. Um, you take advantage of every second that you have with them and you don't take it for granted. Um, so let me just say that second, I do think because of that guilt, it really sometimes, um, controls a little bit how you engage them. Right. Sure. Cause you're, you, sure. you're so worried. Like, I don't want them to be mad if I, you know, hold them accountable to oh, this, course. or I don't want them to have their feelings hurt if I say, "Hey, you should have been home thirty minutes ago." You know, you're, and that's not just about like, you know, whatever, being strict, being not strict. But I do, I can see it in you sometimes, yeah. and it hurts my heart because you are such a good dad. Well, thank you for sharing. I wasn't fishing for that. I know you thank were. you uh, for sharing that. But but again, and and I'll and I'll tell you in a second why that's so hard for me to say that out loud, uh, and why that felt so vulnerable to say that in that moment yesterday. But l- let me just walk through for all of us just a few observations about vulnerability to try to make this as practical as we can because it's really not about me. <laughs> but the the first thing I would say is this: vulnerability is a strength. And those words, that phrase that I just shared, what I don't want you to know about me, that's my route into vulnerability, right? That's kind of my jumping off spot. It's, it's kind of like, you, if you ever like, uh, we're going to jump into a pool or jump off something you're scared of and somebody, or maybe I went skydiving once and everybody counts to three and then you jump out. Like you need that kind of prompt, like yeah. one, two, three, then action. That's what, what I don't want you to know about me is for me. It's a prompt. It's like a one, two, three go yeah it's my route into it and i really believe it's a strength and uh i'm very very human and there's still things that i don't want others to know about me but i'm trying to be as open as i possibly can 
uh, be as open as I possibly can manage to be with my friends and my community. Mm -hmm. Second observation, there's a difference between vulnerability and oversharing. I think this is really important. You can be vulnerable without being transparent. Yes. I have this saying, you've heard me say this before, authentic with everybody, transparent with a few. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I think it's really, because some people get that confused. Some people think that what's required for intimacy is that you're transparent with everybody in your life. Yeah. But that's really not, I don't think that's wise. Or what's required for being real or being authentic is transparency. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's but th- the oversharing thing is, is, is an easy temptation to fall into, especially with social media, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Brene Brown says it this way. She says it takes discipline and self-awareness to understand what to share and with whom. Vulnerability is not oversharing. It's sharing with people who have earned the right to hear our stories and our experiences. Mm-hmm. And so, again, authentic with everybody, but transparent probably more than likely with a handful of people that you have built a high level of trust with mm-hmm. and you feel very safe. Right. So authentic is like you're still being true to yourself, your character, but you're just not divulging every detail of maybe a painful experience or a trauma or you know a divorce, a whatever, yeah. name it. It just means you're not sharing every detail because they haven't earned the right That's to right. hear that. They haven't proven themselves safe yet. That's right. And, and you're setting yourself up for all kinds of unhealthy extremes. I think if you fall into this, I'm going to be transparent with everybody. Very few, if anybody, actually can be transparent with everybody. So what happens is you're about 80% transparent yeah. uh, with everybody, and then there's 20% that you share with nobody. Mm-hmm. That's why authentic with all, transparent with a few. So there's a difference between those two. That's really good. Third thing, there's a reason that vulnerability is so scary. So just going back to yesterday and sharing that moment with you, I, I, I think that we don't feel vulnerable when we're disclosing things that we feel good about or things that we're just neutral about. So our discomfort with vulnerability, the reason that vulnerability is so scary is really it's just a fear that someone is going to react in a way that confirms what we already think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's how thoughts actually work, right? We don't care about other people's negative opinions unless we fear that they are true or that we agree with them. That that's my thing that we agree with them. Cause like I, I totally hear and understand the element of like, you're worried that that person you're telling is going to affirm that vulnerability. But what I fear as like, the way I'm wired is that by me stating it is that now you think that I believe that about me. Yeah. Right. Like the thing that I don't want you to know about me. So maybe, you know, whatever yours is, you know, if I say it out loud, then maybe it's true. Or maybe they'll think that, or maybe they, they, or they, they're like, Oh, you know what? If he has that, that guilt about not being a dad, a good dad, there must be some truth to that. You know, Mm -hmm. like you just, you feel like maybe by stating it, by putting life into those words, that (laughs) somehow that is true of you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a really important point. So when we feel vulnerable sharing something with someone, I think it's because we're actually judging or shaming ourselves for the thing that we're sharing. And then we're afraid that the other person will as well. Mm-hmm. So let's take yesterday's example in my life. There's some self-judgment and shaming I'm doing of myself around parenting. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like I've let my kids down by going through a divorce and not being able to be with them every single day. Mm-hmm. I So it feels very vulnerable for me to then share that with you or like on this podcast. Thousands of people. Because there will be. I mean, there's going to be people who are going to jump on this train and they're going to agree with my self-shaming and they're going to confirm this with some nasty emails and it creates this vicious cycle. Don't waste your time because I'm good on this one. So you don't have to send the email. I, I got you. I, I know what you're going to say. Uh, but but you see what I'm saying? That yeah. that's what makes it so tough, and that's that. And and it's also why it's so important to go ahead and share it, mm-hmm. because more than likely that's not what's going to happen. They're not going to confirm the self shaming you're doing of yourself. Mm-hmm. They're going to offer you a different perspective that is more true than the voice in your head. And the voice in your head is so freaking dangerous because it's you spiral quicker yeah if you say it out loud even to yourself or to someone you trust like me like pretend i just heard it and sat there and didn't affirm you otherwise you saying it out loud you can you you at least start to think but that's not real Mm -hmm. that's not true and you can like talk about the weekend you know you had you can talk about the amazing conversations you had this which is what we did which is what we did whereas when it's sitting in your brain you're gonna spiral and spiral and spiral because there's no there's no way out and that crap grows in the darkness in your mind right and when you bring it out there's the ability for light to shine on it and and that's what happened and i was filled with hope instead of shame so anyway, I got two more things. I got to keep moving yeah, sorry, here, right? Keep going. Uh, number four is you can't have intimacy without vulnerability. And I've said this for years. I still believe this to be very true. You can only be loved to the extent that you are known. So in other words, let's say, um, let's say there's some things that I'm hiding from you. Mm-hmm. And you look at me and you say, Pete, I love you. I can't really receive that. If, if I haven't been honest and vulnerable with you, mm-hmm. right? I can only be loved to the extent that I'm known. Right, because you think if you only knew, you That's wouldn't right. love me. If you only knew, you wouldn't be saying that right to me right now. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people because of shame and guilt that can't receive the love from the people around them. And so, you know, the standard theory would be that intimacy is not possible without vulnerability because in order to feel known, you have to give someone the power essentially to hurt your feelings and you are when you're vulnerable with somebody else you are giving them power that's why it's risky that's why it feels so risky so what makes us feel close to people is letting them in in such a way that we're subject to them creating feelings for us that's why it's so important to create to 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 do this in a safe environment have you been in an environment one-on-one that you've shared something very vulnerable that was then used against you i have I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Oh no, here, I'm not but, asking. But you yes, to, but yeah. I have, and so that also plagues my mind. Well, that's what I'm saying. So once you experience that, you almost then apply it to every future yep. opportunity. Like, what if that happens again? I can keep that from happening again. I can just not share. Like, yep. you just spiral down. Sure. That, like control. And and a lot of people do that. They've had a bad experience with this in the past, so they made a choice, conscious or unconscious. I'm not doing that again. But then they live inside of their own prison as well. Yeah. It is a risk because you don't know. But it's a risk I think that's worth mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. the vast majority of the time. That's good. All right, what's the fifth All right, thing? Fifth one. Um, I believe everyone can be vulnerable. Uh, I think this is a learned skill in my opinion. I think some people 
um, obviously grew up in environments, in homes. They've had situations that they've gone through that make it very difficult for them to be vulnerable. It's, I feel like some people just naturally, it's like they're born and they just have no problem being vulnerable. Yeah. I wish I had more of that in me. It takes work and it's taken a tremendous amount of practice for me. And I think regardless of your history, regardless of your family background, you can learn vulnerability, but you have to practice, practice, practice. And that's why I think this little exercise, this little statement, this little prompt, one, two, three, go, is so helpful for me. And the the exercise, the prompt is just, I think every couple months you should sit down with your partner, your close friends, your safe environment, and use the prompt. What I don't want you to know about me right now is blank. Use that as a jumping off point for a very vulnerable conversation and give the people in your life, the people that you feel safe with that are closest to you, the opportunity to meet you in the midst of your most vulnerable, weak places mm-hmm. where you can find healing instead of living with that in, in this kind of internal prison where it's just eating you alive. Like, I'm so glad yesterday, for whatever reason, in that moment, when you kind of were asking me what's wrong, that I had the courage to follow that prompt. Okay, what I don't want you to know about me right now, Jordan, is this. This is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And it felt extremely vulnerable. But man, I got so much healing in that conversation we had around that. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'd ever tell your boys that you feel that? Mm, I think in the right environment. I think that uh, I'm, I'm very careful not to keep things on them that make them feel like they somehow have to rescue dad yep um and but i do think there will be the time and the place to to share some of those things Mm -hmm. with them for sure yeah because i think and i agree i think there's a a, definitely a time and a place and probably an age that's appropriate to to do that but i think you would be affirmed beyond what you could even imagine too yeah but anyways good stuff so i mean it it is it's gosh there's so much more to be explored right there have been books Mm -hmm. and series and all kinds of things around the topic of vulnerability and so maybe for you today you just need to be reminded of the importance of vulnerability and and what it opens up in the way of intimacy in our relationships Mm -hmm. whether that's a marriage relationship a friendship close group of friends, you know, I I think it's really important. And, and knowing yourself, like being bold enough with yourself. Cause like sometimes you don't even want to put that thought into existence in your own mind. So I think the, even the ability to, to to answer that question, the thing I don't want you to know about me is blank. You had asked me earlier, like, what's that one thing? Mm -hmm. And just putting my, you didn't, we didn't talk about it, but I thought about it. And just the thought of it was freeing. Yeah, it had a very freeing element to that. Um, so even if you don't, you know, feel comfortable right away sharing that with somebody, like write it down. And then when you live with that, and you feel confident in your ability to share that with a safe person, then like you have that to work off of. But anyway, I just yeah. think that's so good. I love that practical. And application. I would say if if you feel like you have some friendships or maybe a dating relationship or marriage relationship or whatever where you don't have that kind of vulnerability, why don't you give that person a gift of you going first and answering that yeah. with no expectation that they also have to answer that. Isn't that such a treat like a gift when someone does that? I think about oh, like a fr- time a friend has just broken down in just being honest with something that they're going through. You feel so trusted, absolutely. So like honored yep. to be a part of that with them. So um, I, I say that as an encouraging way of like 
don't be fearful that people are fearful just because they don't share. doesn't mean they don't want to share. It doesn't mean that they don't want you to share. So anyways, thank you. That was really good. Okay, good. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad you didn't ask me the question. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> I you am. to as know soon about as, me. As soon as we hit stop, <laughs> I'm asking. Oh my gosh, you guys. Well, if you know somebody kind of struggling with this, I know I do. Um, my, I do myself even, um, feel free to share this episode. We hear from you guys a lot that you're sharing this with certain people that needed that kind of message that day. Um, and it really kind of helps you be the encourager in other people's life. So, uh, share that subscribe. If you haven't give us ratings, reviews, that would be amazing. Um, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your podcast, but thank you, Pete, for that. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love y'all. Uh, thanks for being a part of this. And this was another good good talk. talk.